0: Thank you for listening to The Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at TLCKCMO.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Welcome to all of our listeners to this conversation. Some call it a forum. We're entitling it Comfort and Joy. We're going to talk about pushing through the holiday stress and barriers to find the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas. Joining me in this conversation are all members of TLC and actively involved in ministry, but professionally, they work with people on a day-to-day basis. Terry Bennett is a certified coach practitioner with the Certified Coaches Federation, and he does classes and trainings on sessions on fear, anxiety, depression, and suicide awareness and prevention. Andrea Blazik is a registered nurse, certified in oncology, and works in a women's cancer clinic and Natalie Berry is a pre-licensed counselor and will soon be a licensed marriage and family therapist this coming May. And I am your host, Justin Gleason. All right, we'll start with you, Brother Terry. What is the true meaning of Christmas? And what do you see and feel when you think about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a baby? You know, we think about him a lot of, you know, on the cross, resurrected out of the tomb now glorified in the heavens, but I think it's important for us to sometimes think of God as a baby. What kind of comes to your mind when you think of God as a baby?
1: Well, that the meaning of Christmas, I guess this time of year, my mind always goes back to the stories in the Bible, as most people do. They, they begin to ponder on that again. And just to know that this baby came to earth and there was so much going on. During that time, with the the shepherds being alerted by an angel and a host of angels, and the wise men later coming to see him, and just the miracle birth, and um, I'm sure you know they didn't have the technology we have. They didn't have the cell phones, but the just the word would be racing across the hills of this birth of who was said to be Messiah, and You know, I think about Jesus's birthday, and we we say the birth of Jesus, that's kind of the verbiage we use, but it's it's Jesus's birthday. And so, if you think of that in the same way that we think of someone's birthday, someone in our family, a child, a mother, a a sibling... um, What do you do on someone's birthday? You think about them, you talk about them, you tell stories or memories about them, you talk to them, and you bring them gifts, right? That's kind of what happens on a birthday, right? That's right. Well, at the same note, it's Jesus' birthday, so those are the things, I think, that we could be doing, thinking about him, talking about him, telling stories and memories about him. Uh, talking to him and bringing gifts to him that right there i'm already
0: de-stressing thinking about that (laughs) excellent (laughs) how about you andrea
1: for
2: me this season fills me with an incredible amount of awe because what i picture is almighty god the creator of the entire universe who submitted himself to become an infant, to struggle in the flesh like we struggle, to know the everyday pains and griefs of life, to know what it is to live in these bodies and to have the emotions that we have and deal with the stressors we have and the temptations that we have. And yet, as high and lofty as He is, and as great as He is, He chose to become like us, to die in the flesh, knowing, being born, that He would die in this flesh, but all because He loved me so much and you so much that He wanted to give us life in the Spirit. And so, that is what I think of every Christmas, is that The being above all beings, the one who sits on the throne and made everything that we see loved me enough to become like me.
0: Amen. (laughs) Natalie?
3: I think every year around this time, I'm always reminded um, just about how God, he, he came and He manifested in such a vulnerable way and He could have come as anything. He could have come as a powerful ruler, um, but yet He came to restore connection to His people and to restore the brokenness um, in the world. And He didn't come to command control, but as the lowest of the low and to bring us to salvation. And I always think every year, just how much like god it is to do something so unexpected and how little we really do know um and god's ways are always higher than our own i'm always reminded of isaiah 55 where he says "For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither my way your ways my ways and i think it's just so funny how even the disciples they didn't know um or understand jesus's will completely um until it was, um, done, but they, they wanted him to establish his throne on, on earth, and they wanted him to be this mighty ruler and, and take out the Romans, and, um, I think it's funny, even Judas, he was the, he was the zealot, and he, um, he was the one that really wanted Jesus to be this huge, um, commander, and, big mm-hmm. ruler and um i sometimes i find myself being like judas in that way of trying to put jesus in a box and thinking this is what you should do um god this is what i think you should do in the situation and this um not only i think we do this in god's ultimate will we think this is what god should do in his big plan like we um imagine um with his ultimate will but also i think in the wills for our own lives we imagine maybe there's healings that need to take place or maybe there's um direction for our lives and we think that god should lead us in this certain path and sometimes it doesn't always look that way and we tend to put them in a box and so that is that tends to be where my mind goes every year um for christmas
0: absolutely great ideas you know, it's kind of hard to be mad when you're looking at a baby. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind. Of, babies have something that um, make all of us get really melancholy, and just it's so precious to see the face of a child. And our God came as an infant baby, and it touches hearts to think about mm-hmm. Him that way. No, no Christmas and New Year season is perfect for anybody. There's stress and barriers that come to each and every person. And even in the Bible story, you had that. And it's that way uh, for all of us here and now, but some more than others. And I know all of you work with uh, people just in your observation, and your profession, what are some common mental and emotional barriers that people are struggling with in this season? Like what and why do some things uh, come up that you guys commonly see? Andrea?
2: Um, First and foremost, just for everybody, is the financial stresses that come along with this time of year. You know, you've got, you want to give to all sorts of people. Sometimes people feel obligated to get into debt. Um, sometimes, um, you know, they there's worries about paying property taxes. And then how am I going to afford, you know, gifts? Or sometimes even to the extreme, how am I going to afford food for my family? So, financial stress, I know, is a a big thing that can weigh heavily. Um, And then, two, working with oncology patients and just generally understanding the grief processes of everyday life, grief, I think, is a huge thing that we deal with this time of year um, because it puts into a stark contrast all of the things that may not be quite right in your life or things that you wish were different. Um, so, you think, you know, sometimes of the things that you don't have um, when you're focusing on the season that's supposed to be happy and full of love. So, for instance, a single person or maybe an elderly person might, you know, be thinking I'm all alone or, you know, there may be some families who hate this time of year because they think my family is broken or, you know, in the case of somebody dealing with a serious illness, you know, they, they may think of all of their problems, my diagnosis, what am I going to do um, and focusing all, on all of the why questions that really don't have any answers on this side of eternity um and so i think just the heaviness of life comes into full force this time of year for some reason
1: right natalie um
2: some common
3: ones that have been coming up this past month with some of my clients the first one of course just being anxiety um i have learned that anxiety is very future oriented. So it's worrying about things that have yet to even come to pass and that may not even happen. So um these can be things that are um that maybe look like um worrying about seeing family like will everyone get along this holiday um worrying about travel will we be safe traveling this year um getting sick will I get COVID? <laughs> um will I get the right gifts? Do I know what I need to buy for all my family? And I I think um, another type of thought process is depression, um, getting stuck in the past, um, thinking this year won't look like others, maybe because there's a family member that isn't there this year. Maybe you're thinking of failures that um, you have um, experienced this year and you're replaying those in your mind. Um, Another theme that's come across uh, my office has been loss. um, And it does not necessarily have to be the loss of a person, which it most definitely can be, but this can also look like the loss of expectations. Um, Maybe there's like, you think that you should be at a certain place in life this year. Um, You think I am this, this old, or I, we've been married These many years, we should have a kid, or I should be married this time of year. And life isn't looking about how I thought it would be now. Um, there's also poor family dynamics um, that's really common. Maybe you have to go see family and you feel like this is a really it should be a really happy time of year. But I feel like I have to put on a mask and I have to act like everything's fine when underlying Things just feel really fake and feel off, and that's uncomfortable. And I think lastly, um, people just build up Christmas to be a certain way, and they want it to be perfect, and when it doesn't go as they planned, it kind of leaves them feeling empty afterwards, which can also feel depressing. And so, those are a lot of really common things that I've explored this past month.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Terry, I think what Andrea and Natalie both said that that's what the way it happens, and that makes sense. There is a lot of depression. Um, there is a lot of anxiety. Now, people think. Some people mention this from time to time that suicides are highest at, in December near Christmas time. That's untrue. That's that's an untrue statement. They're actually highest mm-hmm. in in the springtime of the year. Uh, for multiple reasons. But, um, you know, sometimes people do lose someone near Christmas time. And so their depression level or their stress level is much higher because although they want to think about the joys of Christmas, although they want to think about family and extended family, a lot of times their minds would go to the loss of whoever that might be in their life. And another thing that I see happening a lot at this time of year is the sun's not shining a lot, and the Mm -hmm. sun's shorter. You know, I mean, the days are shorter, and that's our vitamin D source. Well, we need vitamin D for a lot of things, and the sun is our greatest source of vitamin D. So, people that in the wintertime, they kind of shut themselves in for the winter, or they get out rarely, or it's overcast, and so they're not getting a lot of that vitamin D from the sun, that can cause depressions, just that alone. Uh, it can cause people to be more depressed, and it actually causes sleep issues. They don't sleep as well, when they don't have a good dose of vitamin B. So, I mean, vitamin D, rather, uh, is D3. but so, so, that comes into play also, just You know, the days are short. The sun's not out there. They got Christmas stressors from, like they said, like you guys said, buying gifts or not being able to buy the right gift or family or too much family. So I think it's into play with the season, with the Christmas season.
0: Yes. What can someone with mental and emotional stress do during the holidays? to take care of themselves and have God's comfort and joy is something they can do without any third party help with something that, because the greatest power is us, obviously God, but as far as humanly speaking, our greatest power is our own mind, our own heart, how we care for ourselves.
3: Yeah, I think firstly, just be present focused. I think, like I said in my last answer, anxiety is very future oriented and depression can be very past focused. So be focused on what is going right now and take the moment in as it is not for what you think it should be. Um, and allow things to just occur naturally. Do not set up expectations for how Christmas should look or what, how it's looked before. Um, just take in the moment, enjoy the things that are happening. Let the kids tear up the presents, leave the mess on the floor for a few minutes and enjoy the moment. Um, I think, um, something that i do with my kiddos whenever we they come in for play therapy is i have them hold a piece of play-doh in one hand and a rock in the other hand and we talk about one um one like means something that you can control and the other represents something that you cannot control so the play-doh being something malleable this is some things that in my life that i can control and the rock means things that I can't control. And so think about the things that you can control around Christmas time, those being your own reactions to things. Maybe those are reactions to your family members. Maybe those are your rock patterns that happen and your thoughts that happen, your emotional reactions. Um, and the rock being things that you cannot control around this time of year. You cannot control whether someone doesn't get sick or not. You can't control the weather. You can't control how your family members react. Um, you can't control the gifts you get. There are so many different nuances um, to that. And so think about those things and how they relate to your own life. I think another thing that's really big is just sleep. Um, Sleep is so, so, so important. Please get sleep. It is... A really common theme with people who come in when we talk about their health and their um, just well-being and they just tell me I'm not getting enough sleep. And so we set up um, a sleep schedule for them and they'll come in the next week and they'll say, hey, I feel so much better. That really worked. So just take um, just look into how much sleep you're getting this time of year. And you'll notice, I think, a huge um, benefit from that.
1: Yes. Terry. That was good, Natalie. Um, I I think kind of the same. We need to find that balance for us individually at this time. What what do we do it at um, Christmas time? Well, it's usually too much shopping, too much food, too much family. Wow, did I say that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so it can be overwhelming just because we're we've got just it's not our regular schedule. And to add to those, like Natalie said, not enough sleep. So when you're, you know, you're consuming large pieces of sugar, like pies and cakes, and all those items, and large amounts of food, it's just going to add to the um, mental and emotional stress that can kind of overwhelm us at times. So we need to find the balance, and we need to not let the holidays stress us out. We know. People with different personalities, if you're a sanguine, then that big crowd at the, in the kitchen, at the kitchen table, you can't wait to get there and be right in the big middle of it. But someone with a melancholy personality or, you know, some people want to just disappear for a while. They want to bow out for a while. So you need to find that balance where you're with family. But at the same time, you might need to escape for a little bit and then rejoin. Yeah. Andrea?
2: I these have all been excellent points. Um, kind of going off of what Natalie was saying, I think it's really important to focus on your physical health during this time of year because our emotions do get so wrapped up and your physical health is something that there are certain steps that you can take that will help you feel better better mentally. Um, So she was saying sleep is great. Also just eating healthy because yeah, there's going to be a lot of snacks and stuff, but that doesn't have to be every single day. You know, it really could be just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So how are you treating your body you know, with your water intake and, you know, with the foods that you're eating the other times, because if you're constantly doing fast food and something, that's an extra financial burden and and your body's probably not feeling so great when that's what you're putting in there all the time. And exercise is so important mentally. I don't like to work out outside during this time of year, but I joined a gym that I can go to any time of day so that I can get that that mental um, happiness going just from you know moving my body and making me feel better. So those are some really practical things that can help you feel better. Um, but also, I think it's important when you're thinking of this time of year to have a plan. And I do think it's uh, great what Natalie said about letting things happen naturally. But when I say have a plan, I'm I'm thinking well if you're anticipating maybe as a single person. Oh, I'm going to be lonely, you know, this time of year. Well, you know, why don't you plan, you know, a holiday party or two, you know, and invite people over, or you know, what's your plan for maybe if you are going to be alone on Christmas? There are food kitchens and other places that are looking for volunteers um, to help them, and you might find an entire new group of friends, and you have a. a reason to give to others and encourage others on that day and you will come away with a sense of fulfillment so what is your plan if you're facing this problem but it's a problem that can be fixed well what are you going to do to fix it and then another thing that i think is important is to focus on your blessings because when you can become thankful for all of the things that are right in your life and it doesn't take long if you really start to dwell on those things that your thought patterns do start to change thank god for the blessings that you have And then also, I think finally, is to embrace the joy of giving. And that is not just a financial thing. There are so many people that are hurting this time of year. And rather than focusing, if you are able, on your own hurts, you know, is there a hug that you could give to somebody, a smile, an encouraging pat on the back? Because everybody wants to know that they're loved and cared for. And you will draw people to you when you show that love and care to others.
0: How do you guys see the meaning of Christmas as a benefit to the family? Implementing this, the story of Jesus coming into this world, how do you see that uh, benefiting a family, Terry?
1: Well, you know, Christmas for most people is family time. It's a big family time. you got people coming in from out of state or from other homes, and you're getting together. It's a social time. It's a spirit of camaraderie. You're getting together for the same reason. And so, I think that it plays big into the family and often one thing one thing that, that people kind of forget, they remember the shopping part of it. They remember the Santa Claus part of it. They remember the commercials and the advertisements and all of that, but But when you're together as a family, does everyone remember, like we were talking earlier, the story of Jesus? And so I think it's a great time when we get together as a family to just recall that, to just talk about that. Most of the time we have kids, kids or grandkids or nephews and nieces, some younger kids, and it's a good time for them to know that there's a bigger meaning to all of this social time and that's the story of jesus yes. letting kids know letting them see the, the something outside of the a, a very short story my brother did not have his kids believe in santa claus and so his four-year-old daughter who was a mall and she looked up and saw santa claus Oh. And she said, oh, my goodness, dad, look, it's Moses. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so she had never, she didn't know anything about Santa Claus. And so, you know, Santa Claus or no Santa Claus, whatever. But she knew the stories of the Bible as a young child. So we just need to make sure we're incorporating the the birth of Jesus, the Christmas story, when we get together with family.
0: Awesome. Good. Andrea? Um,
2: I think that it's a great benefit for the family by stepping away. It's a new type of busyness during the holiday season. But it helps you to kind of step aside from the typical daily busyness that we all have with our jobs, our careers um, and living far apart. It is that time of togetherness that we may only have one time of year with our families. Um, So we're bringing old traditions together and we're making new traditions and we're trying to find that connection again of you know, the people that we love. And I think that it is such a beautiful thing when you can focus on the love of the season because really that's what it's all about um, is the love of God and we're celebrating the love that he has toward us. And then we also want to celebrate that the love we have toward one another in our lives. So in a healthy situation, it's that time of reconnecting and bringing that togetherness, that fellowship, back together. And also I agree. I think it's important to focus on the real reason for the season. Um, you know, let's tell the Christmas story. Let's tell, you know, the next generation why this is so beautiful and why this is so important. Let's let's talk about it. Let's let's sing the carols that have such wonderful lyrics talking about who he is and why he came and and the blessings that we have the joy that we can have in this season because of what he's done for us so that's what i um think is important that it can bring to the family this time of year
0: amen natalie
3: I think so. Every family has its own culture and they're all very distinct. I think if you remember going over to a friend's house when you were growing up, and you would come home and think that was really weird. The way that they did something was so different than what my parents do. <laughs> and um, so one way that families have their own distinct culture is traditions um, and and these are ways that we create a feeling of belonging and togetherness within our families um, we use celebrations to uh, make meaning of the holiday and so I would just ask how do you bring meaning into the Christmas season in your household Um, I think children learn in a very concrete way so like for example if you told them it's raining cats and dogs outside they would literally think I'm gonna look outside and cats and dogs are gonna be raining coming down from the sky Um, so make Christmas a way that they can learn they can learn about the birth of Christ in a very concrete way like have a manger scene in your house that you put out every way every year maybe it's not breakable. Maybe it's like a plastic one, or like um, a Fisher Price one, or something that's really easy for them that they can play with, that they can pick up and um, learn about the birth of Jesus. In that way, um, children really do learn from play, and that's something that you can do as a family and you can talk through it every year. I think that traditions they can be fun. Um, godly households do not mean boring homes. Make amen. You, yes, they can be. Mm-hmm fun and make memories together you can have family time that is godly um create, bake cookies together make gingerbread houses um and also share family memories it's such a fa- it's such a, a special time of the year together that you can pass down those very special um just family oriented stories that are very special um have the grandparents teach the grandkids how to bake something there's so many things that you can do that don't cost that much money and that are going to create so many memories um, that are
1: special.
0: Excellent. What can someone who feels the pressure and obligation to socialize more than usual during Christmas, what can they do to help that stress when around friends and family? Uh, Andrea?
2: So for me, um, kind of, I, I took the opposite um, tack from the last question because I immediately go to more dysfunctional relationships that aren't necessarily healthy. Like maybe your family just isn't a healthy family. And for me, when I think of that situation, there are times when you have a choice of who you spend your time, which is an investment you can never get back, um, and who you don't spend your time with, and. I think it's important for somebody to know that you have permission to not go to places and not be with people who steal all of your peace. Um, So maybe that means if your family is really dysfunctional, maybe that means that you don't participate in anything that they're doing this year. Maybe it means you're just going to wish them a happy christmas over the phone or something but you do not have to choose to be in situations that you know are not going to be peaceful and I, th- I think that's important to know so you can build your own culture your own traditions your own group of friends that can feel like family to make it something that is peaceful and that is encouraging and that is enjoyable um you can choose to do that and there sometimes that's the right decision and sometimes it's the best decision
0: yes natalie
3: yes along that same line i was going to say know that you do not have to say yes to every gathering it is okay to say no to situations that you don't feel comfortable going into um and also maybe there are events that maybe you do feel obligated that you have to go to and maybe you just don't want to or maybe you're just feeling stressed and you can just cut the visit short um maybe beforehand you can say hey i'm coming to see you but we only have two hours to be there um and that's all i can give and know that that's okay too um then you have those two hours, and then that is your out and you can leave. And that way you're not sitting there stressed the whole time because you know I can give these two hours and it's gonna be over then. I think also just something that I help clients do, and this may sound super hokey, but it's just doing deep breathing, which really does help regulate um your it's called your parasympathetic nervous system. Big word, but it really is it's responsible for your flight, your fight or flight, which I'm sure everyone has heard about. So whenever you feel that fight or flight kicking in and you either want to run out of the room or you just want to shut down, just you can sit there and just do some breathing. No one's going to know you're doing it. It does not have to look weird, um, but that's just going to help you calm down and get into a place where you can think more clearly.
0: Absolutely. Terry?
1: Well, I think we're all thinking kind of on the same line on this question. We need to give ourselves permission to say yes, and give ourselves permission to say no, um, or give ourselves permission to bow out, like Natalie said. Uh, you know, maybe commit to a certain time period, and so sometimes we feel obligated because people want us to do something that we have to do something, and some personalities that's easier for them, and others it's it's more of a challenge, but. I think if you are going to an event or if you're having people to your event, um, we all know that we run into people that drain our energy. If you're around them very long, for whatever reasons, and there would be a multitude of those, um, they just kind of drain energy. So I think we can be aware of that. And then when we go into a room, we want to bring energy into a room. We want to, we don't have to be the center of attention. That's not what I'm saying. But just, you know, sometimes there's some people that walk into a room and you're like, oh, this is good. So and so is here. It just makes you feel good. So we can be those people. We can become those people that when we walk into a room, people are just maybe happy They're here. I'm here. And um, then the people that drain us, just, we might have to step away, give ourselves permission to say yes, give ourselves permission to say no.
0: Absolutely. Great responses. I know that's kind of a hard one, but great responses. All right. Lastly, this is the season of receiving comfort and joy from the Lord. What would you say to someone who just doesn't even feel worthy? Or like they are not even meant to experience the comfort and joy that Jesus brings on Christmas, or even possibly maybe they refuse it. Natalie?
3: So our brains do this thing where they use the past to always predict the future. And it's a way that God created us. Um, and it's used as a way of self-protection. And it can be good. It can be really useful in moments that actually it does protect us. But I think um, after a-, a while, it can become um outdated and maybe unuseful. So for example, maybe believing I'm not worthy was once useful. Maybe it did protect you growing up in your household because it helped you not get in trouble because um, you weren't as outspoken or you weren't as um, out there. And that's what helps protect you in a dysfunctional household. But now as an adult, maybe you're in a safe place and That thinking pattern is not useful anymore. And so I would say, let's transform that thought. And um, I would, first of all, ask what has happened that makes you believe that you're not worthy anymore? Um, Let's replace that with a more adaptive belief. First of all, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while you were in, while you were just, you were doing all the wrong things. Christ already laid his life down for you and already found you to be worthy. And also Luke and Matthew, um, Jesus said, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them are forgotten before God. Even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not for you are more valuable than the sparrows. So God thinks that you are worthy. So I, what I would do with these two verses, I would write them down every day and I would just meditate on them. Um, You can incorporate them in your prayer time um, and just Challenge those negative beliefs of I'm not worthy and try to find a more adaptive belief that the Bible really does say is true about you.
1: Excellent. Terry? Yes, I think we need to find our worth in Jesus or through Jesus. Um, There's so many times in our lives when we don't feel qualified, we don't feel worthy, we don't feel for whatever reason, may be accepted or acceptable on our own. But if we find our worth through Jesus, our relationship with him, and if he has value in us, then we can have value in us. And like Natalie said, we can find scriptures that will support this. Um, when I'm going through, when I, I went through a period of, of anxiety and so, what I did is I found all the scriptures I could that talked about anxiety or talked about how to get peace, and I put those scriptures down so I could read them every day and refer to them every day. And sometimes, if we don't feel worthy, we don't feel like we're not good enough. We can find those scriptures. We can develop that relationship with God because He thinks we're worthy. Mm-hmm. The Another thing in... in um. Matthew 22, they were talking to Jesus, and they said, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love God with all your soul and your heart and your mind. And then he said, love your neighbor. But that's not where that verse quits. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I see a lot of people have trouble trouble loving themselves, so therefore they have trouble loving their neighbor, and they have trouble loving God. Mm -hmm. So we not we need to find that to fulfill that, we have to love ourselves. We yes, we have to love God with all of our heart and our strength. We have to love our neighbor, but we've got to complete that verse and find that way to love ourselves. I I had an old van, an old uh 40 conline van. That van wasn't valuable to me. I didn't take care of it. It, it if I didn't I don't think I ever washed it, to be honest with you. And yet I had a brand new car. And I was so careful with that car because it was valuable to me. And even if you came to get in my car, I was gonna coach you on how to put your feet on the floor mat and and not kick my threshold because it was valuable to me. So I think um if someone doesn't feel worthy this time of year, they need to realize they're, they are worthy, and to God they're worthy and they're valuable, and they can take care of themselves with that value.
0: Amen. Andrea:
2: We are all on the same wavelength with this one. Um, I you know, the feelings and thoughts of unworthy, worthiness and thinking that you don't deserve the good things that god has for you that that's all a lie whether it's a lie that somebody else told you about yourself um some kind of repeating thought pattern that you've got in your own head or even sometimes you know the enemy of your soul you know is trying to tell you these things to keep you away from god because if he can keep you trapped in that mindset you know you're going to be stuck forever and Um, Just like Brother Terry had a time in his life when he was experiencing anxiety, I had a time in my life when I was experiencing fear to the point of terror. And I am an incredibly independent person. I could not even be alone because my thoughts were just overwhelming me. But the word of God, when I knew I couldn't rely on my own thoughts, I knew I could rely on God's word. So God cannot lie And when I knew that and I had it on my heart, I, you know, I, I started off the basis of perfect love casts out all fear. God has perfect love towards you, and his word is swift and powerful. It's sharper than a two edged sword. And when you have that in you, you can start to come against those thoughts that are so contrary to everything that he is and wants to be for you and against who you are because you are valuable and priceless to him. He loves you. And at the, root of all of those things thinking that you're unworthy and thinking that you're not enough that you don't deserve it there's probably a root of unforgiveness in there somewhere toward yourself maybe or toward somebody else because bitterness even if you don't recognize that you have that can keep you in those blocked patterns and then also maybe a root of pride in there so maybe start to examine your heart and see what's really behind these thoughts as natalie said and then Just also thinking the thought that Jesus loved you on your worst day, the worst thing that you can remember that you did, that you condemn yourself for and beat yourself up for every day of your life. Jesus saw you in that moment on your very worst day, in your very worst moment, the very worst thing that ever came out of your mouth, the very worst thing that your hands ever did. And he still said, I will still come and I will still die because they are worth it. To me so don't call yourself unworthy when the one who is worthy of everything that we have to give said that you were good enough on your worst day to still come for you because you were enough for him so that's just what's been on my heart
0: amen amen thank you so much everybody for joining us on this podcast Amazing insight and responses to each question. I want to close in prayer at this time. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the meaning of this season. You came to do so many things, but today we just focused on how to find comfort and joy. And I come against, Lord, all of the stresses and barriers, Lord, that have come from this world, that have come from the forces of darkness. And I pray, Lord, as it were, Amen. That all of us would see you, Lord, as a baby this season. Let us, Lord, behold the face of God as an infant, as a tender, amen, merciful Lord that came to us to be like us, to walk where we walked and to experience what we experienced. I pray, Lord, for your peace, Lord, to come to every person, to every family, Lord, to every community. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. 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 Sister Andrea, Sister Natalie, Brother Terry, Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas.
1: Christmas. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll see you all in church. Bye-bye. Bye.